Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. Today, I welcome Sonia Mathura back to the show to discuss her new book about lubricant degradation. If you want to check that book out and buy it, check the podcast notes. It's available there, or you can go to strategicreliabilitysolutions.com and buy it off of that website. I have an announcement to make today. If you haven't seen the post on LinkedIn, I will be shutting down Rob's Reliability Project in the next probably month, five, six weeks or so. I don't want you to think that this is sad. And I don't want you to think that I don't value you or that I don't value the journey we've been on together over these last two and a half years, over these last over 120 episodes. But it's just time for me to grow. It's time for me to change. And I think over these last this last year, and especially over this last six months, you've seen me step out and talk about leadership, step out and talk about mental health, step out and talk about reliability and how we need to all change. We all can't keep going to work and feeling disconnected and feeling disengaged because it's costing us our lives. It's costing us our engagement. It's costing us our happiness. And not only is it costing us that engagement and happiness at work, it follows us home. And so for me, the next step in my journey is I'm launching the Leadership Launchpad Project podcast with my leadership coach, Susan Hobson. And we're going to bring you the human-centric, people-focused leadership content that you deserve. And you may be asking me, you know, hey, Rob, I'm not a, I don't have direct reports. I don't manage anyone at work. I'm a solo you know, I'm a solo contractor, solopreneur. But it's for you too. When we're leaders, we're trying to impact and influence other people. That includes our husband and wife. It includes our kids. It includes the companies and people that we consult with or work for. And so if you're if you're looking to take your leadership to the next level, if you're looking to continue on the journey that I've been on, subscribe to the Leadership Launchpad Project. It's going to be on your favorite podcast platform quite shortly if it hasn't been there all year already. I think we're green lit on five platforms right now including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. So subscribe there. We'll start we're going to start putting out weekly episodes in the next month or so. The next thing I just want to mention is yes, the reliability content for me is starting to to disappear. But I don't want to leave you guys in the dark and I don't want to leave you guys without the ability to ask questions or to get my expertise. I've worked 10 years in reliability. I am a world-class expert in it. And I want to give you access to that. And so for a limited time, I am offering reliability consulting opportunities with me. So if you have any questions, you want any data analyzed, you want any of that expertise that I've picked up over my career or over hosting this show, send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com 
and I will send you some of the rates for the consulting. And we can definitely work together and I can definitely help you out. And the last thing I want to say before we get into the episode is thank you. Without you and without this community, I never would have found the next step for me. I never would have found the path that I'm going on. I always would have played small. I always would have played these tiny games. And ultimately, I always would have been unhappy. You have been the catalyst for me finding my way. You have been the catalyst for me stepping out and becoming who I'm truly meant to be. And I can't thank you enough. I really hope you join me on my next step. And I really hope you subscribe to the Leadership Launchpad Project podcast and follow me. Because I'll tell you this much, maintenance and reliability, the industrial community as a whole, we have a leadership problem. We have a global leadership problem. And we need to fix it. We need to fix it so we can all be happy at work. We need to fix it so we can start getting the results that we deserve. We need to fix it so we stop having these same discussions over and over and over again. So come with me and let's fix it together. Let's get down to the root cause. Let's change the world. It's about time. So if you're looking for any reliability consulting from me, send me an email, robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. I guess the next thing I want to just mention is I have talked to a few people about them taking over Rob's Reliability Project podcast. If that's something that interests you, either send me a message on LinkedIn or send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com and let me know, you know what you're thinking of, where you want to take the show, and... And if you're looking to, you know, pay for it, because there, that's been a, a question I've had from a few people. So just let me know about that. So thanks for listening. And here's the interview with Sonia Mathura. We are back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. We have Sonia Mathura is back. One of the, I think you were the first guest on this show. So oh, yay. <laughs> it's, it's fitting. It's so fitting that we have you back. Sonia, how are yeah. you? I am good. Good for now. Enjoying the bits of sunshine that I get and enjoying the rain as well. Because it has to cool that temperature. It's so warm. <laughs> no, it's, it must be nice. I know like we've, we've been at around 15 degrees Celsius the last few oh weeks, God. but apparently... It's gonna it's gonna get to twenty five this weekend, so I'm excited. Oh yay! Well, we we work in the thirties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to survive, but we don't get past. We don't when we when the numbers go down, they don't usually go down past twenty three, and that's at one a.m. in the morning. So <laughs> it doesn't work as much for us. I could I could send some degrees your way, and you could you know minus some from my side. That works. That's right. <laughs> I could use that, maybe not now, but I could use that yeah. in a, another couple months. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, definitely. I just like, so I guess, I guess for people who haven't heard yet, like I'll be shutting down Rob's Reliability Project in the next, you know, few, few weeks here, probably four or five weeks, something like that. And so I wanted to get Sonia on before we get it shut down because Sonia just released a book. So first off, Sonia, I mean, obviously, congratulations. Um, now, can you tell us a little bit about the book? Oh, boy. So 
Um, the book, the name of the book is actually Lubrication, Degradation Mechanisms, A Complete Guide. And uh, this was, it was at the back of my mind for a very, very long time. And I know you know, because I was on the podcast initially talking about how strategic started. And one of the main things with strategic when it started it was the bringing together of information from different areas just so that people could have access to it. And what I realized, because um, when I was doing my thesis, I was reaching out to different experts, different people in the fields, and they were actually responding to me. So that was, that was very interesting. And I'm like, oh, wow, they know who I am. They don't know who I am. They're just giving me information that I couldn't get online. And that's when I realized that we have this wealth of information, but it's only if you make the right contact and you network properly that you can actually get that information. It's not, it, while it's free, it's not readily available. And with this book, what I wanted to do is sort of get everything on degradation mechanisms in one place. Because I've been going back and forth when I was doing my thesis and I couldn't find all of the information in one place. I had to go to different people, different places all over the globe. Not physically, unfortunately. Did it from my computer. <laughs> Much like we have to do today, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just to bring together all of that information and to have it readily available for people within the industry. Because... A lot of people, they spend the time, they talk about lubrication, they talk about elastohydrodynamic, and they, they're all into the lubricant functions. But one of the things that happens with lubricants, no matter what, is that it degrades at some point or another. And we don't spend enough time talking about that or trying to figure out or even know that there are six different methods. So everybody that I talk to, they're like, yeah, it's varnish, it's oxidation, we're dealing with it. And they just change the oil. <laughs> but helping them to understand that there are different mechanisms, there are things that, you know, can be treated with differently, understanding that by getting to the root cause, that's where the, the real meat of the matter is. Because if you don't get to that root cause, and you know Bob, Bob says this all the time, if you don't get to the root cause, it's going to be coming back at you constantly again and again. So the main thing with that book is just to get everybody on board with degradation mechanisms and how we could actually help you within the industry. So that's what I wanted to bring to everyone in one place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting, right? Like, I think there's a lot there to talk about. But I guess, I guess for somebody who's maybe you know, working out in industry and who's a little bit of a layman in terms of lubrication, like basically, you know, we're just using oil. We're changing the oil all the mm -hmm. time. Maybe we're doing oil analysis, but we're not really getting into, you know, we're probably not even getting to end of life. I mean, like when I worked yeah. in oil analysis, like I was always saying like contamination, both with water and particles was like, way before we got anywhere close to the life of lube. But maybe for someone like that, like what is the benefit for understanding like the different degradation mechanisms? Like, is there, is there like a meaningful, like maybe we don't have to change the oil because we know it's this one versus the other one? Well, one of the main things, and I'm so glad you brought up contamination. Uh, contamination is, a mode of degradation. <laughs> of course it is. There are six modes. Um, so with that mode of degradation, what happens with that is that it actually can produce catalysts for different modes of degradation. So it's like because of contamination, you can have oxidation, yeah. or you can have thermal degradation, or you can have microdeasling. But guess what? If you're not familiar with these terms, and you're seeing stuff like varnish and you're thinking, okay, that's oxidation. So I need to do this with my um, lubricants, clean it up, whatnot. 
you're not getting to the root cause. So it's kind of like you're going to the hospital and you have, you have a heart attack and they're giving you painkillers. So you're, you're doing the wrong thing. They're, they're diagnosing you wrongly. So by understanding that you have different mechanisms and that all of these mechanisms, they, they play a part or they play a role in understanding what environment your lubricant is in. So for the layman, if he isn't changing, um, if he isn't paying attention as much to uh, oil analysis, or maybe he, he doesn't have critical equipment, then what I would say with the book, you just need to read chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> chapter one, chapter one, we go into basics, because you know that's, in terms of my thought process, that's how I wanted to lay it out. So the book is not designed for a high level person or somebody that's has years of experience in the lubrication field. It starts off with the basics of lubricant. What is a lubricant? What are, the, what are its functions? Because we need to get that basics right. And if we don't get that right, then we throw everything else off. <laughs> and I know, you, I know you're hearing that a lot these days. <laughs> so by understanding your functions of your lubricant, then you understand why it degrades. And when it gets to that point where degradation is an issue, because when you think about it, from the moment the oil enters the equipment, it's gonna start to degrade. So the issue that you really have is when the degradation actually becomes a problem or it reaches its limits and being able to identify that. So we start off with um, the first chapter, your basics, what is, what is the lubricant, whatever, what it functions, and then actually what we do is that we kind of get into understanding the different mechanisms, the types of mechanisms. And by understanding the types, then you realize, okay, with oxidation, you actually have an increase in viscosity, whereas with thermal degradation, you have a decrease in viscosity. And I know people go back and forth and they say the both of them are the same, but we, we kill that totally in, in the second chapter. <laughs> And then we kind of go into identifying um, lubricant degradation. So this is where we talk a bit more about the byproducts and what you can expect to find. What about your environmental conditions? And of course, you know, we have an entire chapter dedicated to the different types of tests. Because I know people, they're looking for validation. They're like, how do I know this is oxidation? How do I know this is microdesigning? And that chapter is dedicated in detail to each mechanism and the type of tests that you should run for it and suggested parameters. Now that part, we, we generalize it a bit to help people to understand what to look for if they're experiencing a particular degradation mechanism. So it's a very, very interesting chapter. And of course, we, we come down to the end where we're dealing with degradation and just trying to get people to understand what they can do if they see uh, certain types of methods of degradation. So if they start seeing different conditions, what can they expect? What can they do? Do they need to do chemical filtration? So we, we have a bunch of different things that for each mechanism, we have suggested methods of dealing with that. And in that chapter, I believe what I did is a bit of a, a bit of a flow chart. And in that flow chart, what I have is that I have different, different uh, conditions. So if you see an increase in viscosity and you start seeing your TAN number going up, then that can be leading to oxidation. So different things that you can look for and helping you or guiding you to decide and figure out what exactly is going on with your oil. So if you know what's going on with your oil, then you know how to treat this accordingly. So that's the part that, you know, just bringing it all together. And of course we have case studies and the case studies are from Trinidad, of course. Of course we have <laughs> some Trinidad case studies in there. Trinidad, we have the US and we have from the UK. So we've, we've tried to get a, a bit of a global um, 
amounts of case studies and they cover different sectors. So we have power, we have, um, I think we have some stuff with manufacturing. I believe there's one with mining. So we try to get a lot of different industries and keep it global at the same time. So the book is amazing and it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm not, not overselling us here, but it's, it's about 85 pages. So it's an easy read and the way that the sections are formatted, it's, um, it's easy for somebody to go back into it and say, okay, I just want to know the test for oxidation. Let me just get into that. Or I want to read up a bit more about this mechanism. Let me just look at that alone. So I've designed it so that it's an easy flip through. Um, if you're looking for something, you just go to it immediately. You can find it one time. The language is not, there, there are a couple of chemical names in there, but we, we <laughs> kept it simple. <laughs> we kept it as simple as possible. So I, I mean, for me, I just like when you were talking about that flow chart, it was like, if you can, if you can save one oil change, you've paid for the book and, and yes. more. So <laughs> there's no reason to not buy it. Definitely. Because what I've realized, especially within the industry, whenever we, we have an issue with the oil, the first thing we do is that we change it. And if you have a sump, if you have a huge sump, that is a budgetary concern for a lot of people. Your finance people are going to be going after you, especially if after you've changed the oil, you have the same thing occurring and the same degradation mechanisms because you did not deal with it in the first place. Just like leadership, you know, if you don't deal with that, then it comes back to you again and again <laughs> until you get it right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. Now, Sonia, where can people, if they're listening and they're like, hey, I want a piece of this, where do they get it? They can go to Roulette Edge and just search lubrication degradation mechanisms or just go on my website. I have, I have it on the homepage. Um, look for the pretty picture that has the book on it. So easy, easy to get onto there. Just click the link and it sends you directly to the Roulette Edge website. And I think I sent you a link so you can include it in the show notes as well. Yep, it'll so be, yeah, next, it'll be in the podcast yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like we were, we were talking about, you know, just like a little bit about leadership before we jumped on. And like, yeah. I think one of the things, especially in the lube side, what you see from a lot of companies that probably don't have good leadership is this belief that if we buy the cheapest oil and we just change it often, that we're gonna, you know, have a lower cost strategy. Like, do you wanna talk a little bit about that? Boy, that one hits my heart. <laughs> every time they go with the cheapest option on the market, you really get what you pay for. Cause you're gonna, and I've, I've worked with a particular power plant and they had to use the cheapest oil. That, that, that was their mandate, right? And they're using 12,000 gallons. And I'm like, why are you using so much? He said, okay, that's the size of the sump. And then they said, okay, well, we have to do a, a sweeten every six months. And I'm like, okay, so that just increased your cost by a lot. And they said that because of the oxidation levels, they're gonna increase it. So now it's every three months. And I'm like, well, if you just bought a proper oil in the first place, you wouldn't be doing all of this. <laughs> and even addressing the issue of the oxidation, because I believe that with that plant in particular, they had some temperatures that they had steam venting. Oh gosh, it was a power plant. You know how, that, I know how those go. They had steam venting on the sump. So obviously the oil was oxidizing a lot quicker than it should have. <laughs> but they were changing it. They were changing and they were sweetening and they were doing whatever they wanted because they had to use the lowest cost oil. So in the end, it, the cost factor involved was about $1.2 million. And I'm like, well, yeah, that definitely isn't the cheapest oil. Do you, do you understand what went into that? And we're just looking at products. We're not looking at man hours. We're not looking at body time, the operation. 
how much downtime you know you you took away from production so it's a lot to consider when you using the cheapest oil is never the answer i always go with specifications make sure it's it's specced to what you want it to perform at and uh, always have good contamination control because contamination control can throw you off from the beginning and that's one of the things that it is rampant in the entire industry like they start off with the drums especially in the cement the cement areas they start off with the drums with at least two centimeters of cement dust on it and then they're like we're gonna do an oil change and they tip the drum into the sump and i'm like oh my god god just killed it you all just killed it and you knew you killed it <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, right? Like I used to work in coal mining and I've been to coal plants and I saw like the people who worked in those coal plants, like they look like chimney sweeps from mm-hmm. uh, whatever movie, whatever movies show <laughs> like old England. And, and like, then I went to a cement plant and I've never seen so much dust in my life. Yes. It's difficult to get out of my hair afterwards, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's a lot of dust. <laughs> a lot of dust, yeah. And dude, but in particular, we have one in Trinidad that I went to, and um, the elevator wasn't working, so it was twenty flights of stairs. Yeah, that was leg day, definitely. <laughs> here, here in coronavirus uh, lockdown, every day for oh, yeah. me is leg day. There's no, there's no chest or arms or back day anymore. <laughs> Yes, that's the thing. You have to no, I'm trying to get that balance. So there are times in the day when I just switch off devices. Like I just go silent and I'm like, I'm not looking at a screen, I'm not looking at my phone, I'm not looking at the iPad. I just want some time away from everything. So and that would be just random times throughout the day. <laughs> I'm like, no, you know what? I just need that time. And what I've started doing now uh, on a regular day is that I have a cutoff time for doing work. Like I'm going to cut off at this time. I'm not going back on my computer. It's not going to see me until tomorrow morning. That's not happening. (laughs) And then I see this email on my phone and I'm like, oh my God, I need to go downstairs and go on my computer. (laughs) So it's it's about trying to find that balance at this point in time. So trying trying because screen screen burnout is real (laughs) yeah it is real and i think like i mean obviously we're we're getting into different stuff now but but yeah i mean i think like in terms of mental health and like keeping yourself running it's like you definitely need time to recuperate and recover Mm -hmm. and to de-stress and like what i find especially with myself is just like if I'm on email or I'm looking at my phone, I almost have like a visceral anxiety with my phone. Yes, yes, yes. And, I and know yeah, exactly like, what you mean. <laughs> you know, like leaving it leaving it off or, or leaving mm-hmm. it outside the bedroom or leaving it wherever, oh, yeah. it's like, I think it's so huge for people. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, it's, it's weird, because even when I, when I started strategic, um what i started doing and this is like three years ago i have my phone on do not disturb so i don't get notifications when messages come in i see the lights the light blinks on my phone and i'm like okay well there is something there the only time my phone vibrates or rings is when i have a call come in and that's it because i've there were so many notifications going back and forth and i'm like you know what no and i and my phone constantly for the past three years, it has been on do not disturb right through because I don't like all of those messages coming in. And like since, since COVID, what I realized is that I know I have free, so-called free time now. So I'm putting a lot more energy into work. I'm putting a lot more time into it. So I need that time for myself. So that's why I need to take that two hours per day and be away from devices just away if the phone i'll leave the phone and do not disturb i'll have it somewhere i decide and just look if the light blinks 
and the fun the fun lights mean the fun things <laughs> <laughs> so i'm using that as a, a form of control you know put that to the side and work with that <laughs> i mean i think it's a good idea like i actually i keep mine on silent no vibrate all the time yeah, yeah. so i never yes. like like I'll, I'll turn on the ringer if I'm expecting a call, but if yeah. I'm not expecting it, I probably won't pick it up. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I think it's good. Like, I think, I think for people, like the big thing is just like, I think you don't realize how much stress that you hold mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. Definitely. And, and like that can be, you know, whether that's checking LinkedIn, checking your emails, checking mm-hmm. your texts, checking whatever you check, like it, there's a level there of stress that you don't realize. And, and you're in control of that. That's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and that's the thing. And, and choosing to not engage with that, like some hours of the day is, is a healthy choice. And it's a choice mm-hmm. that like, helps you in the long run. And, and like on this show, we've talked a lot about personal leadership before, but that's, that's one aspect is, you know, it's, you're not a child anymore. Mm-hmm. You can make, you know, you can put your big boy or big girl pants on <laughs> and you can make decisions and yes. like you can make decisions that are going to serve you. And so like mm-hmm. these type of things are really important or, you know, like if you're Sonia and you're trying to write a book, you oh know, boy, putting yeah. your phone away and just giving yourself time to actually write the book is, is going to help you with that output that you're looking for. Yes. And Sonia did put her phone away while she was writing that book. <laughs> <laughs> I left it in the other room and I'm like, nope, I'm not dealing with that. I am going to get these chapters done today. <laughs> as I think as well, we've, I think we've been conditioned and growing up, we're like, you know, while we're in work, we have to be on the board. We have to get it done. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do next. But when you look at it in retrospect, nobody's dying. And that's what I'm saying now. If you are dying, you'll pick up the phone and you'll call me. Definitely. And I'm going to send a message. I think I'm dying now. You know, <laughs> you need to do this right away. But if somebody sends a text or they send an email, it means that it can be dealt with at some point in time. If it's urgent, they pick up the phone and they call. And that's, that's the strategy that I've been using because at night, I just put my phone, um, it's away from me for the entire night, even before, so that during the night, I'm not checking, I'm not getting up, I'm not checking the phone. Cause I used to do that. I used to respond at emails in my sleep at two o'clock oh, no. in the morning. And I'm like, when I get up, I'm like, did I really respond to that? And then I check back to make sure that it was actually correct. <laughs> but I definitely recommend putting your phone or any devices away from you when you're sleeping, just to get that peace of mind. And the first time I did it, I had a little bit of anxiety cause I'm like, what if, what if, I'm like, you know what? No, the second night, I slept so well. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. I slept so well. And since then, I've been doing it constantly. Um, at nighttime, it's all the way on the other side of the room. If it rings, it's important any night. has to be. Then See, you're, you've I'm gone a step further. Like, I just don't even, I turn mine off. Okay. And like, I'm like, I don't, nothing important will happen. So it'll happen. If it can happen, <laughs> it can wait till tomorrow. Yes. And I think that's something that we've struggled with for so long. And we think that we always have to be available. And that's not true. You don't always have to be available. If you need to be there, you will be there. Things will happen and you will be there and you will get the message across. But not all of the time there's there are certain things that certain phone calls or certain emails that can wait until tomorrow or maybe the next month depending accordingly (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's just setting those boundaries and setting those limits and that is one thing that i've definitely learned during this entire pandemic thing is just getting those boundaries set and making sure you respect your time your personal space and you know, having, having that balance. So it's just about that balance. 
It absolutely is. And, and I mean, you know, like it's the, the boundaries is, is super important and mm-hmm. just like understanding what your bandwidth is. And that's where, yeah. you know, the decision really to start winding down Rob's Reliability mm-hmm. Project in lieu of the Leadership Launchpad Project is because like, I don't have time to run two podcasts and to put yeah. out all this content. And so, you know, as I've grown over this last year, significantly but you know it's it's really shown me that the path forward is not in i don't think it's in trying to like install or teach people to install bearings better or you know all these you know these nuts and bolts maintenance stuff like there are better people in the world than me to teach you that like call ricky (laughs) smith or you know someone like that but it's it's really about this you know, this aspect and this trend that I've seen through industry, which is like, everyone seems to suffer, but we don't know what like good is. And we don't know how good feels. And I, and I think like, that's a huge barrier is like, I think a lot of people, they go to work and they're not really engaged. Maybe they're not like at the point, like I got depressed and and suicidal, but it was like, maybe they're not at that point. They're just kind of living this average kind of Mm -hmm. life. And I think like people don't realize like how draining that is. It is, it definitely is. And it goes back to understanding your, your purpose and your passion and trying to live that out. And if it is that you're just doing this, this job and you're just going to work every day or going to your computer because you, ha- you have to work from home now, you know. It's a lot that you have to think about. And I think about the, the parents with their kids and online schooling right now because that's madness at this point from, the, from most of the parents that I've been talking to because they, they're trying to use their computer to do their meetings. Then their, their kids are doing the meetings as well. So it's like everybody's on a meeting and then nobody's talking. So you, you, you lose communication there and that's your home team. And that's leadership right there. You have to know to bring your team together. Even though you have different classes going on, how do you manage your team? So it's team management. And a lot, a lot of parents are stressed out right now because they have to now transition into this online learning process where they have to help their kids but they also have to get work done. But they also have to run the home. But they also have to make sure everything works together. So it's a lot going on right now. And, and that's one thing, too, I want to just address. Like, I think in terms of, like, a lot of people have reached out to me with respect to leadership. And they've said, like, hey, I'm not a leader. You know, I don't have direct reports, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're also a leader to your kids. You're also a leader to yourself. And and I think like that's something that we don't really see. And it's like, if we have a job that we're not happy in, our kids see that, they feel Mm -hmm. that, they understand, like you're not hiding anything from your children. And And like what you learn, the more that you get into this type of work is like your kids read you better than you probably read Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. They do. And yeah, and like the things that they they pick up on or they perceive about you, it's going to impact them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And so like if you can model this behavior of being passionate, being engaged, loving what you do, being excited, you're going to literally set your children up for success. Not yep. success in terms of like making billions of dollars or whatever, but you're going to su- set them up for success in terms of living a fulfilling life that's happy Mm -hmm. and i think like a lot of people forget yeah and and i think like that's something that's like we forget and i mean even me like one of the biggest struggles that i've had this last year has been about money it's been like i've invested a bunch of money in in myself in my development and there's this like thing about money that still keeps coming up. How come I don't make more? How come I don't make more? And, and it's like, 
money does not really, like if someone gave me another $10,000 today, like it wouldn't change my life in any meaningful way. No. And it wouldn't make me happier. (laughs) So like, I think people really need to like, and it's hard, right? Because that's not a thing that you like, it's a conditioning thing. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you can just easily be like, oh, well, logically, I know. But, (laughs) But I think you really need to sit with yourself and see like, how are you in life? And where do you want to be? And what does that delta look like? And really ask the tough questions. Because if you don't ask the tough questions, I mean, you're just going to be where you always are. Yep, definitely, definitely. And going back to the kids, they are very, very, very perceptive. So they pick up on that. And you are actually their role model. So they look up to you for inspiration. And if they, they start seeing you getting frustrated at work, pretty soon they're going to be frustrated at school. And if you're frustrated and you're venting at your computer, they're going to be doing the same thing to their device. Because now they are on devices. And the thing about children is that they mimic what they see, no matter what. And it's, it's totally, they don't, it's subconscious. And we don't realize that the influence that we have on them. So by consciously making that decision to show a better way, to show them, you know, this is the way that we can resolve certain things, they become better people. And when they become better people, we've just helped the world a little bit for the next generation. So that's what we have to keep to the back of our minds at all times, you know? There's a lot going on. The way that you deal with this pandemic is the way they will deal with it if there's a pandemic in their future. Well, I saw my parents do this, so maybe that's right. That's what I should be doing. And that's, that's what they think. And even though it's to the back of their mind, it may happen when they're, they're like five or six, um, when they get to that age or they're 30 or 40 or 50, they, that's ingrained in the back of their mind. So they know this is what happens. And this is what we should do, or rather, this is what my parents did. So I'm going to try and do that as well. So it's all about bringing it back to understanding that you are a leader, no matter what. You are a leader and you need to, you know, definitely check out some leadership skills on a leadership launchpad project, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, you are a leader. You need to recognize that. And we all have to step up. And make sure that the the young ones, they are the ones that that they are taking next. They are the next generation. They are the future. So, we to make the future better, we need to help them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and I, and I think like it's something that we can also take into our facilities, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I understand that, like, you know, the people we work with, they're not children, so their belief systems, their mindsets, all that stuff's already formed. But I think how we show up in the workplace, regardless if we have direct reports or not, it does change the people around us. It does. Like, like I, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, if you, if you, okay, let's say uh, somebody comes to work and they, they've been angry, then you get that vibe and the entire um, team was in that space. They're now angry because this one person showed up and they were angry. But if somebody comes in with all the positivity and whatnot, you, you see the room being lifted. You start seeing changes. So even, even walking into a room, you are a leader. It depends on what you have the power within you. It, it's up to you to actually use that power and use it in a good way, hopefully. <laughs> It'll make everybody else angry. <laughs> and if you bring snacks, it helps all the time. <laughs> The power of donuts. We've talked about the power oh, of donuts a lot on this yeah. show before. <laughs> there was one time, actually, I went to one facility and uh, I was told that they didn't want donuts. The next time I brought donuts, but the, but the next time they wanted a fruit platter because oh they wanted it to be healthier. So you have to just, instead of just always having one thing, you might want to check in advance. Like sometimes yeah. people are on diets or they want to, mm-hmm you know, they prefer something else. So it's, it's always good to ask. Oh yeah, definitely. Put that in your meeting requests. Please <laughs> let us know what type of snacks to bring. <laughs> so, 
So Sonia, just wrapping up here, like obviously I just want to thank you like for supporting me on my entire journey with this one. You're the first, one of the first guests. I don't know if you were week one or two or three, but you were <laughs> right at the beginning and you've been, you've been here the whole way. So f- first off, I want to thank you for joining us all the times that you have. You're most uh, welcome. And thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, like give us a little bit about the book. So the book's called Lubrication Degradation Mechanisms. They can find it. it go check the podcast notes or you can check strategicreliabilitysolutions.com. Check it out there. And it, when is it going to be released or is it released it's, already? It's going to be released uh, on the 30th of November but you can pre-order it. I suggest pre-ordering it because you get a discount <laughs> and I'm all for discounts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't control the prices or the discounts, but I know that they, there's a discount before November. So definitely get it. It can be an early Christmas present too. <laughs> so get it for Thanksgiving, that works too. Uh, so get it before the 30th of November, pre-order it. Um, We've been having such good feedback with it. And I just want to thank um, Reynolds Contamination, Wayne. He, he actually did a bulk order for about 10 or 15 books at the same point in time. Because he's like, if anybody is serious about lubrication, they need to get this book. And we are bringing this for all of our customers. So we're starting off with this amount and we're going to be bringing it in more. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Wayne. So... Thank you. Thank you a lot, Wayne. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a very interesting um, journey in terms of writing the book, getting it published and getting it out there and seeing the, the feedback that we've been having so far. A lot of people are they're excited because they haven't seen all of this information in one place before. And they're very excited for case studies. Um, thank you to Andy Gailey. Andy has been so helpful of Uptime Consultants. He actually helped with one of the, um, the case studies for the book. So very, very excited to get that out there. And Andy has been very, very supportive for everything. And I also have Mike, Mike Holloway. He gave me some case studies as well. And if you know Mike, you know Mike has a lot of good stories to tell. <laughs> And special thanks to Greg, Greg Livingstone of Fluitech. He um, he is the the brain behind Varnish. So all of my ideas have been going back and forth with him on it. So he is definitely, definitely big on that. And of course, thank you to my publisher for actually publishing the book. <laughs> That's the important piece, right? <laughs> yes, we actually need to have the book. CRC Press. They did a fantastic job and they've been working with me back and forth to get everything done. They have been fantastic. So, and thank you to Bob Latino for planting that seed a year ago that I could be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. And, and Sonia, if, in case anyone's listening, like obviously they should follow you on LinkedIn, but is there... Yeah anything they should check out like strategic reliability solutions.com. So is there anywhere else they should follow you? They can find me on, I now have a company page on LinkedIn, strategic reliability solutions, and you can check me on Facebook and Instagram. Same thing, strategic reliability solutions. So just look for it there because we're trying to expand on the different platforms. Of course, LinkedIn is going to be heavy with content because, you know, we have so much more engagement on LinkedIn because everybody is, you know, everybody wants to get in on the lubrication stuff. And I get so many different comments globally. So it's a really interesting platform to have content on because the feedback is amazing. So you can check us out. Just once you Google strategic reliability solutions, you will see a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And, and for everyone listening, like, obviously I want to, I want to thank you for listening and, and 
you know, I want to thank you for supporting me over these last two years, or I guess it's two and a half years now, but uh, oh, imagine that. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not parking it. Right. So if you want to follow me over to leadership launchpad project, subscribe wherever you're subscribed here, subscribe to leadership launchpad project. That'll be a new podcast that I'm co-hosting with, with my leadership coach, Susan Hobson. We're going to be talking about leadership we're going to be talking about different strategies also in a mindset piece as well. So anything, you know, leadership related with your company, with yourself, that's going to be the place that you're going to want to find that. And yeah, I guess the last thing I want to, I want to tell you guys about is like, I am shutting down this podcast, but I am offering now some reliability consulting packages so I know like a lot of the times we've, we've answered questions from the audience on the show. Uh, but if you're, if you're wanting to ask me anything, this is only going to be a limited time thing because, you know, I, it's kind of like, I just want to help you guys on your journey. So for a limited time, I do offer, you know, personalized reliability consulting. So if you want any questions for your facility, whatever it is, and you want to tap my brain, my expertise, like hit me up, send me an email, Project at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn and I'll send you some pricing stuff for that. And we can connect and I can help you with whatever questions you got. And you should definitely check out Rob because he knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Sonia, I really, I mean, Obviously, I want to thank you, obviously, again. Um, You're most welcome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we might have you on the last one. So I, I'm, I'm trying to put together a little bit of a bash for the last oh. podcast. So, so I would love to have you as part of that one. Um, I would love to be there. <laughs> so that, that'll be in a few weeks. So, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on. And everyone who's listening, check out Sonia's book, Check the podcast notes, go out and buy it. If you're using oil, you should, you should own this book. Definitely. So definitely do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on Rob's Reliability Project. Thank you all so much.